we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. if we did leave. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You have stumbled upon the one, the only, the infamous Animal Farm radio show broadcasting currently from the We The People radio network. The date today is August the 28th, 2008. My name is Benjamin Miller, and I'm hanging here with my fellow truth seekers, Tony Pax. Hello, Ben. And Pyeth on the soundboard. Hello. Yes, 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 the rumors are true. This is indeed our last episode on the We the People radio network is. Yes. We do indeed have an exceptional show for you, as always. We've got G. Edward Griffin coming up in the first hour to talk about the Federal Reserve and his book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. In the second hour, we have Heidi Dalliber scheduled to come on. She was the woman in Wisconsin who got arrested for not bringing back her library books, the terrorist. The terrorist, right. Yes, and as always, we'll be taking your phone calls, covering the latest news, and giving you that classic Animal Farm perspective straight ahead. You are on the farm. We've got to clean up this country. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. We are here today to effect a change. We are here today to fuel the deconstruction of the official myth. We are here today because fear is never a good enough reason to do nothing. We are here today to begin draining this cesspool of lies and distortion we refuse to drown in any longer. We are here today to ask those still sleeping to wake up. so much folks for joining us animalfarmshow.com the website of course like ben said great show lineup i don't want to waste any time i want to hit up the crazy the unbelievable the sickly and the stupid articles first and of course we have the legendary g ever griffin on the show tonight and much to talk about there so let me start yes. right out i'm drum- going to the pig barn oh boy there there's alex right there uh, <laughs> how about a drum roll we'll start right off with a nutty 
Okay, never mind. <laughs> what? All right, let's start right off here. Illinois man arrested after sending two hostages on a beer run. Oh, well, I guess, you know, <laughs> the cost of beer these days out of the Associated Press. Fort Madison, Iowa, an Illinois man who's, uh, who police said held five people hostage in a Fort Madison motel was arrested after he sent two of his hostages on a beer run. Police say 33-year-old Jason Slaggle, I guess that's a pronounced Slaggle, of uh, Moline, Illinois, is charged with five counts of false imprisonment and going armed with intent. What? So they say Sla- uh, Slaggle pulled a knife during an argument Tuesday uh, with another man and told people in the room that they wouldn't be allowed to leave. So <laughs> if you didn't know, if you didn't like beer, maybe it would have worked if you didn't like beer. So. Wow. I'm a failure because I haven't got a brain. <laughs> That's true. Uh, driver nearly crushes rescuers trying to recover another jumper at suicide cliff. Wow. Ben, check this Whoops. out. British Coast Guard crew got the scare of a lifetime Monday when they were attempting to rescue a man who had reportedly jumped from an East Sussex suicide spot and narrowly missed being crushed by a car as it drove off the same cliff and crashed on the rocks below, the Daily Mail reported. Could you believe this? The 12-person rescue crew was trying to remove a man's body that children had spotted in the in the waves when a Toyota 4x4 plunged 500 feet and landed a few yards away. The traumatized crew and a helicopter team scrambled to find the driver. So, uh, unbelievable, though. Think about that. Incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty crazy. So I'm just going to go right through. Finally, coked up thieves snort dead dog's ashes, UK report. This is, <laughs> this is certainly my favorite. Cocaine crazy thieves tried to snort a bag of powder they found in an English housewife's living room, not realizing it was the Ashes of her dead dog, according to a British press report. Now ashes are white. With, with I, I don't even incredible. think they, you know, when you're that desperate for snorting coke, man, I don't even think you care at this point. The burglars saw <laughs> they hit, they hit the jackpot when they saw the powder marked Charlie. Slang <laughs> for cocaine? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! In a dainty easy, ceramic easy. pot. Oh, you gotta calm down there, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I didn't even realize that in a dainty ceramic pot on the pet <laughs> pet lover D Blythe's mantelpiece, the report in the Sun said, but the pot was an urn of the drug, uh, the, the drug, the drugs remains of her new foundling Charlie, who died in 1997. Of course, it was the dog. And I'm not sure if these kids are okay. Uh, police constable called the investigate. Uh, to the break-in at Shadwell Health, England fell about laughing when he saw the burglars had arranged the ashes in cocaine-style lines. So, wow. go figure. Ben, anything <laughs> from you? I do. I have a couple things I want to get through them real quick so we can go to G. Edward Griffin. Good. Uh, Steve Jobs' obituary was published in Bloomberg. I cannot <laughs> believe it. An obituary, yes, of a very much alive Apple founder, Steve Jobs, has been accidentally published by the respected Blue- Bloomberg Business Newswire. Yeah. What? Uh, Steve Jobs was described <laughs> as a man who, quote-unquote, refashioned the mobile phone and the erroneous obituary photos um and it's just incredibly i, I suggest you read that article and then this one uh this is out of world not daily this is incredible uh sex in the district attorney's office is legal claims the district attorney okay <laughs> yes uh in pennsylvania he he admitted having uh, adulterous sex in his office and claimed no crime was committed and says the private complaint filed by the woman who was involved is is politically motivated. So this guy had sex in his office and then went on and said, um, yes, it's legal for me to do this. Um, as if, you know, having taxpayer money pay for, for a place where you can have sex is legal, you know? Yeah, you know, America's land of the free, home of the brave. Gotta love it. And that's, that's, a, that's all for me in the wackiness. <laughs> well, there oh you go, my folks. God, Obviously, I can't like, believe it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, we just powers that. Usually we laugh and we giggle, we go crazy. But like we said, folks, G. Ever Griffin is waiting on the other end. And uh, we have a great show tonight. Uh, our 
our last show, Ben, we're going to announce the time and date of when we're going to start. We do have a, a start date for GCN Radio yes. Network, and we will be on then uh, that network uh, in about two months. But we'll give you all the information when we get back, folks. You are on the farm. As Jefferson said, dissension's the greatest form of patriotism. You will get good government when you pay attention and hold their feet to the fire. If you don't do that, you will get bad government. I am a real American. Edward Griffin. He is um, author of The Creature uh, from Jekyll Island. He's uh, um, born 1931, September 7th. The American film producer, author, and political lecturer started as a child actor. He became a radio station manager before the age of 20 after writing for the 1968 Wallace campaign. He began a career of producing documentaries and books on controversial topics like camp cancer, uh, Noah's Ark, and the Federal Reserve, as we all know. Uh, G. Edward Griffin, how are you, friends? Hello, G. Well, Edward. Very well, thank you. Great. So, okay, t talk to us about the Federal Reserve. You are the expert. Um, what is the Federal Reserve? Is that the creature? Well, that definitely is the creature. Let's see. <laughs> talk to you about the Federal Reserve. That's uh, quite an order. Uh, I guess that sort of leaves it open to me to pick a starting point. So I'll start um, with the obvious, with the question you just asked, uh, what is the Federal Reserve System? I'll start by saying what it is not. What it is not is what most people think it is. Uh, most people think it's a government agency. They think it's uh, somehow under the control of Congress and the Senate and the President and that uh, it represents the people in some indirect political way. Most people think it was installed uh, back in 1913 to, uh, to protect the people, to stabilize banking, to stabilize the currency, uh, to protect our purchasing power and all of those good things that we hear about when we study it in school. None of those things are true. When you really get into the history of it and start to analyze this creature, you find out that it, uh, it, it is not a government agency by any stretch of the imagination. It's really the proper name to call it. It's a cartel. It's uh, no different than a banana cartel or an oil cartel or any other kind of cartel. This one happens to be a banking cartel, which means that it's a group of the largest banks in the United States many of them with uh, very close ties to banks in other countries, but it's strictly an organization which is uh, made up of the banks themselves. And uh, they determine the policy. Uh, they took in with them as a partner in this uh, formation back in 1913. They took the government in as a partner, but the government doesn't control it. It's merely a partner. By that, I mean that the, the Congress and the Senate created the, uh, the legal structure for the Federal Reserve. They created a special corporation by an act of Congress. And so the structure definitely was created by Congress, created by the government. But the people who are in that structure... The people who control that structure and, and make the decisions are not the government. So, in a sense, they took the government in as a partner. And uh, so the two groups together, the, uh, the government and the banks, have a very different agenda 
uh, from what we hear about uh, when we read about it or hear about it on the news. Uh, the agenda is the same agenda that would be uh, from any other cartel, uh, which means that their main objective is to promote the best interests of the members of the cartel. That's pretty obvious when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when um, the chairman of the Federal Reserve goes before Congress to report to Congress, you get the impression, if you watch it on television, you get the impression that he is reporting to his supervisors, that they're calling him to task and asking him if he's being, you know, a good steward of his responsibilities. And that's all for show, because even though these congressmen and senators may be asking some pointed questions of the chairman of the Federal Reserve System, if you really look closely, you can see what disdain he has for these people. He answers their questions in sort of a general way. The fact of the matter is it doesn't make any difference what the questions are that they ask or what his answers are. Those people have absolutely zero control over the policies of the Federal Reserve System. So it's you say, what is the Federal Reserve? Well, it's a cartel that parades as though it was a government agency. It goes greatly out of its way to make everybody think that it's, uh, you know, part of the government and so forth. The only extent to which it is part of the government is that they have convinced the politicians to give this private group a monopoly over the creation of America's money supply. And that's a fantastic thing when you think about it, that the nation's money, in every other country you'd expect, you know, the money is created by the government. Well, that's... Another issue, whether that's good or bad, but that's what people expect. In this case, the money of America is not created by the government at all. It's created by the banks in this cartel called the Federal Reserve System. And it's all made legal by the Federal Reserve Charter of 1913. So the banks literally create money in the name of the government, but it's only in name only. It's the bank's money. They create it literally out of nothing in accordance with formulas that they determine and ratios that they determine. And uh, you can imagine if you and I were to create money out of nothing so that we could loan it out at interest, we'd go to jail. But they can get by with it because they've taken into partnership with them the politicians who like that arrangement very much because in return the Federal Reserve can create money out of nothing and provide it to the government. And so even though the government does have a tremendous leverage over us in the form of taxes, and we get the general impression that we are paying for the government through taxes, and in, of course we are to some extent, but what they don't realize that an equal or greater tax bite is being uh, applied to American citizens, not through the formal structure of taxes, but through the Federal Reserve System, a process by which they create money out of nothing, they inflate the money supply, and that leads to inflation, rising prices, a loss of purchasing power, a shrinking of our lifestyle, and all of that thing. We never look at what we're losing and recognize that that is a tax also. What we're losing in purchasing power as the dollar buys less and less and less, that, my friend, is a tax. And it's a yeah, tax well, being administered what, by the Federal Reserve. Yeah, that's what Ron Paul uh, calls the, wow. the, um, the inflation tax, and it's that invisible tax that not many people know about it. But I want to ask you about the legality of this and this, the supposed legality of, of the Federal Reserve. Um, we had presidential 2004 uh, presidential 
uh, candidate Michael Badnark of the Libertarian Party on the show, and he was talking about how uh, basically in, in the Constitution it says that Congress has the right to issue money and that that's a responsibility of Congress. Um, we know that in 1913 they sort of handed that responsibility over to a private corporation, um, and, and Michael Badnark actually refers to that basically saying it's like a police officer um, taking off his badge and his gun, giving it to a private citizen and telling them to direct traffic. I mean, would you say that's accurate? Is it, is it that clearly illegal? Uh, yeah, I think that's a very accurate analogy. And uh, for, when you come to the question of legality, we, we get the impression that anything uh, that is a result of a law is by definition legal. You know, if there's a law requiring it, therefore it is legal. That's kind of a, a, a definition. But now we come to the other question, which is, that is that law constitutional? is that the higher, highest law in the land is the Constitution, and you can write laws all you wish, but if it doesn't conform with the Constitution, then, in a sense, it's not legal, at least it's not constitutionally legal. Absolutely. I want to get your take on that and uh, more. We have many more questions for you. You are listening to the Animal Farm, ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting on the We the People Radio Network. We're talking to G. Edward Griffin. AnimalFarmShow.com is the website. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You are back listening to the Animal Farm and the Weed People Radio Network. We are speaking to G. Edward Griffin, author of The Creature from Jekyll Island. Uh, number to call in, folks, if you want to get in touch with him. He's going to be on uh, for the next 40 minutes with us, 512-646-1984. That is 512-646-1984 if you would like to speak with G. Edward Griffin. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at a quote right now um, from our website. And this is from Henry Ford. It says, It is well that the people of this nation do not understand our banking and monetary system. For if they did, I believe there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning. No do, you, do you agree with that, uh, uh, Mr. Griffin? Uh, yes, I think, I think I do, especially if you mean that everybody understood it. Uh, the, the fact of the matter, I think if, if only 3% of the people really understood it, there would probably be a revolution if those people decided that they were not just going to take it anymore and, and got off their their couches and decided to become politically active. It doesn't take uh, 51% of the population to bring about major change. It takes about 2 or 3%. Uh, that's the way it's always been. It's the way it is now. 2 or 3% or less of the population are leading all the rest. So uh, the question is, yeah, if only 3% of the people really became motivated and activated, there would be a revolution before tomorrow. Yeah. Now, who are the, who are the, do we know who the members of the Federal Reserve are? Do we know who owns it? Is it, uh, is it our Congress that owns it, or is it private people? Well, you know, just out that's one of those yes and no uh, questions and answers. Uh, we know that technically the uh, Federal Reserve is owned by the banks. Remember I said that it's a banking cartel. So mm -hmm. uh, the stock uh, is issued to the banks who are part of the cartel. They each hold the stock, and therefore they're technically the owners. But um, the, who owns the banks? In many cases, nobody really knows. Now, of course, some of the banks are publicly traded. You can say, well, they're owned by thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. Well, not necessarily so. Uh, some of the banks uh, really have different classes of uh, stock, 
and uh, voting rights are concentrated into certain classes. Of, and, uh, and then some banks, uh, especially the very old ones, are not really technically corporations at all. They're partnerships, and nobody really knows who the owners of those are. Um, so it's really hard to get down to the to the point where you can make a, a telephone directory of names and addresses of people who are the most influential. Uh, but we do know that if you're looking at the um, the board of directors and the chief executive officers of the major U.S. banks, you're looking at a group that is uh, really technical, maybe not technically, but in all reality, they are the owners of the Federal Reserve System. Yeah, I don't think it takes a genius to really figure out, Mr. Griffin. At the end of the day, when you look at the actions of this government, uh, of this organization, I should say, and when you really, you, you talked about Ben Bernanke uh, earlier on, and I've actually caught several of his C-SPAN interviews, you, you know, and I think you hit it on the head. I mean, this guy really, not only does he just seem like he doesn't even want to be there, but his answers are just so nonchalant that I don't, I don't even think he cares at the end of the uh, day what his answers are, what people think about it. He just seems like he's kind of cloaked behind some kind of uh, security blanket or whatever it's it is. Evil. But I wanted to ask you about uh, specifically about our uh, monetary system, you know, do you think we still have any gold backing this dollar, or has it all been paid uh, to the Federal Reserve from the United States government, as uh, Aaron Russo portrayed in America: Freedom to Fascism? Well, I don't know if if the federal government technically owns any gold at all. Uh, I suspect that if they do, it's a very small supply. Uh, certainly, it's not enough to back up anything. At one time, of course, a major portion of the monetary system was backed up by gold and silver, but that was all changed years ago, and there's no technical backing for our money whatsoever. There's no need to have gold in back of our money. In fact, if the federal government did possess a large amount of gold, it would not be reserved for our money because that was all broken loose from gold years ago. Back in 1971 was the last uh, the last date in which there was any uh, bullion behind our monetary system at all. Prior to that, there was some, and each year was getting less and less and less. And uh, that's why they call this whole thing a fractional reserve system, because in the beginning, uh, you know, all money was backed by 100% gold and silver, because money in the beginning was nothing but a warehouse receipt. That's how it all started. Paper money began as warehouse receipts. A warehouse would take... Uh, uh, so many ounces of gold, stick it in the, in the vault, give you a piece of paper and say, here, this, uh, you, can, you are entitled to one ounce of gold upon demand. So you could take that piece of paper and give it to your neighbor and buy something with it because he could take it in and demand an ounce of gold. That's how it all started uh, centuries ago. Uh, so all money began as 100% backed by gold or silver. But as the banks became more sophisticated and as the, as the population became less sophisticated about the true nature of money, uh, they began to experiment with ways to create money that was not totally backed by gold or silver. They could expand the money supply without expanding the backing behind it. Well, that turned out to be a very profitable uh, discovery. And with the passage of time, they perfected that mechanism called fractional reserves, so that now only 50% of the money supply is backed by gold, and then 10 years later only 40%, and then 20 years later only 20%, then 10%, 5%, and 3%, and now today it's 0%. So they shouldn't even call it fractional reserve anymore. They should call it zero reserve money. But anyway, that's how it all works.
So yeah. basically, the, I'm sorry, well, man. I, I want to ask one more question. So basically, there's no gold in Fort Knox at all at this point. Would you say that? I don't. I don't know that for sure, but I would think if there were gold in Fort Knox, they would be anxious to let people come down and see it. But they won't let anybody down there. So I can only conclude there's no gold in Fort Knox, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, I want to. I want to get your uh, because it is called fiat, right? When it's not backed by anything, is that is that, is that true? That's true. That's the French word for it, meaning it comes into being simply by the force of political power. Okay. So explain to me, and uh, and this might be a little complex, but explain to me how what the Federal Reserve is able to do um, with a fiat currency. Are they able to redistribute wealth to different classes via inflation rates? Are they able to do that? Well, yes, that's one of the things they can do. Uh, naturally, uh if you have inflation, as we have had uh, throughout most of our lifetime, and now it's accelerating, uh, you have a process which redistributes wealth very drastically because those who get the new money first, who are closest to the generator of money, meaning those in the government and those in the banks and those large uh, influential corporations that are involved, they have people sitting on the boards of the banks, and the board members of the banks are sitting on the board members of other corporations. It's kind of a good old boy network, you know, at the top, big multinational corporations. These are the people that are preferred because they are able to get freshly created money at very attractive loan rates right at the first when it's injected into the system. Well, when a new dollar is injected into the system, it is... Uh, accepted at face value like all the other dollars because people don't know that all of a sudden all the other dollars just were devalued by a little tiny bit. They don't see it. It doesn't, doesn't seem to make any difference. Even when you're injecting tens of thousands or millions of dollars at a crack, still the economy is so large, people don't really see the effect of the dilution of the value of all the other dollars until that money ripples through the economy. The people who get hold of it first, though, are able to spend it first. They get full value from it, and so they benefit. But by the time it ripples through and comes down to people like us, we're kind of last in line to get hold of it. By this time, the economy has adjusted to that new money, and prices have gone up to compensate for it. So now that dollar is not worth as much to us as it is to them. And so we are the victims of inflation, and they're the beneficiaries of inflation. So it does redistribute wealth quite drastically, and it generally redistributes it upward to those uh, who are the most wealthy, those who have the ability to get close to the trough with this new money, and especially those who are politically connected. Whereas the people at the bottom, the hardworking guy has been saving his money, living on a retirement program of some kind, he's the one that's really getting messed up really bad. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to take a short break, uh, Mr. Griffin, and I do want to ask you more, uh, a couple questions about inflation and, you know, is there any end? So stay tuned, folks. Animal Farm shows the website. When we get back, more G. Edward Griffin and your phone calls. Stay tuned. We shall return. Get up, stand up, stand up for your right. Get up, stand up, stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. 
1984. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on the We the People Radio Network. Folks, this is our last show on this network before we make the move to GCN. Yes, it is. I want to really thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, we do have G. Edward Griffin on the line, and I want to preface it. Uh, yeah, anyone listening to right-wing media, if you will, uh, you listen to those folks, and basically the economy's doing great, Ben. Everybody's happy, and the economy's booming, and, you know, because the Dow went up 200 points today, and every, everything's just fine and hunky-dory. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, we know better here in the Patriot community, but we're speaking to G. Edward Griffin once again. And I want to ask you, Mr. Griffin, about inflation. We kind of left off talking about inflation, and, you know, I don't think the assumption here, at least from my standpoint, is there basically is no end in sight to the inflation increasing uh, as long as the Federal Reserve is in charge of the money supply. Would you agree with that, and can you elaborate? Yes, I, yes, I'll start I, with a conclusion, conclusion and then back into some of the uh, possible exceptions to it. Uh, first of all, as long as the Federal Reserve system is in charge of the money supply, uh, it's to the advantage of the banks to uh, have cheap credit, low interest rates, because that brings people to the banks for loans. And as long as the interest rates are below a certain point, people will be borrowing, and that means they will be inflating the money supply. That may not make sense to a lot of your listeners because what we need to understand is that all money, all money comes into existence only at the point where it is loaned to someone. If no one had any loans out there, or let's put it this way, if all of the existing loans were to be paid back today, by midnight there would be no money left in circulation anywhere, not even one penny. All of that money would have to return to the vaults and back into the computer chips and into the uh, accounting ledgers and the ink wells from which they came because there's no such thing as real tangible money anymore. It's just all credit, which means it comes into existence at the point where some bank loans it to some individual. Okay, so, uh, sorry, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. We're having a little yeah. trouble with the phone here. I, 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 okay, seems like it gone away now. We just had some static. You know, must be the NSA. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, okay. All right. So, I think the static went away. Your phone was breaking in and out there. So just it's breaking out. Yeah, I can hear that too. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. So anyway, as long as the Federal Reserve System is in place, uh, and as long as it is. Uh, it is what it is, a cartel uh, run by the banks, then, of course, they're going to be pushing inflation uh, because that's their solution to uh, making a, a profit. It's, it's a business decision. And as long as the Congress is happy with that relationship and allows it to exist, uh, it favors uh, the government, too, because uh, they're able to get access to unlimited amounts of money. We might note, notice today, for example, this war in the Middle East, uh, nobody even knows what those numbers mean when they find out that Congress just voted another hundred billion dollars or some ridiculous figure to, uh, you know, to expand the war or just keep the war going at what it's going. And nobody says, well, where's that money going to come from? What they don't realize is, and oh, by the way, at the same time, they're giving people tax rebates. Now, wake up, everybody. What's going on here? You're expanding government spending at a huge rate. They're bailing out the banks at a huge rate. They're trying to put everybody sound again with their declining values in the home and their homes and their mortgages, and that's costing trillions of dollars, and yet they're giving taxpayers a rebate? Wake up. Where do you think that money's coming from to do all these things? Well, the answer is it's coming from inflation. 
and it's future inflation for the most part because it takes a little while for that to ripple through the economy. But it's the American people are paying for every bit of this in a fashion that they do not understand and cannot see and do not suspect even. So, you know, another year down the line when a cup of coffee at Starbucks instead of being four bucks is, is $15 or something, they say, well, those dirty guys at Starbucks, you know, what are they doing to me? Uh, no, it's not Starbucks. It's not the car manufacturers. It's not the food growers, the grocery stores, or any of that. It's the Federal Reserve System and the government in that unholy alliance just expanding the money supply so it becomes more and more and more worthless. That's as simple as it can be. And on top of it, I mean, to add add more fuel to the fire, if you will, you have a population today uh, majorly in debt. I mean, so many of us uh, in America are in major debt. And it was even sadder than that. Most of us just keep spending money anyway and just get deeper and deeper and deeper and never, ever uh, will ever see the day of light because of the inflation. And because the money keeps losing value, it's, it's mathematically, like many say, impossible to see the light of day when we talk about debt. So, uh, you know, and that's another it's huge crazy. factor. Yeah, I think that's another huge factor because, you know, we, we have to somehow try to come out of this, and it's not just one solution. There's so many issues and so many problems that we have to tackle it from different uh, sides of the story. So your thoughts on well, that? Well, that's right, and it's, it's very interesting when you, when you finally get hold of it. You, you look at it at first, you think, oh, that's a very complicated issue. I would never really yeah. understand that. But then all of a sudden, after you play with it a while, you, it, it's like solving one of those little ring puzzles. All of a sudden, you get it. You say, oh, my gosh, that was simple. Now I get it. You see, one of the other factors here is the, the fact that money is going out of existence right now at a very fast rate. Not only coming into existence through the Federal Reserve, but it's going out of existence because people are, are losing uh, their homes. Uh, bad loans are being written off. So money, every time a loan is written off, let's say you've got a loan out there for you borrowed to $20,000 on your credit card. Now, that money's in existence, and all of a sudden you go bankrupt, and you can't pay that loan, and the bank has to write that off its books. That means $20,000 just disappeared from the whole economy. So while the Federal Reserve is pumping money into the economy like crazy to keep its expenditures uh, going, to keep the war going, to bail out the banks and, and pay for the boondoggles and all of that, at the same time, people are getting rid of their debts. Either they're paying them off or they're going bankrupt and writing them off. And when those debts go out of existence and the price of homes starts going down and the price of you know, various investments go down, that money is going out of existence. So you've got an interesting situation where there are two opposing forces. Uh, inflation is always determined by the net balance of those two opposing forces. Is the money supply increasing or decreasing? So you've got these two opposing forces, and it's like pouring water into a bucket with a big hole in the bottom. The Federal Reserve is pouring money into the bucket, but the the bad loans and and the people losing their jobs and not being able to pay so much for products and and industry having to lay off people and close down factories, that's the hole in the bottom of the bucket that's causing money to go out of existence. So one could make the argument that, well, in spite of all of the Federal Reserve uh, shenanigans, we're going into a deflationary period and, and prices are going to go down. And I've heard people argue that, and I wouldn't uh, say that they're wrong. Uh, but you, fortunately, you asked me in the beginning what my opinion was, <laughs> and uh, my opinion is that between the two opposing forces, the uh, the inflationary forces 
are going to win out. Um, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask you a question, you know, because you, you, we are talking about inflation right now, and that's the increase in the money supply and the devaluation of the of the uh, value of the money. Um, but what about the, the uh, deflation and the way that it worked in uh, the Great Depression? Um, uh, it, was the Federal Reserve instrumental in the Great Depression? Did they have an effect on it? Um, and, and could you explain yes, a little bit did, about that? Yes, they did, and there was... I'm glad you brought that up because it emphasizes the issue I was making a moment ago. The Great Depression in the 30s was a result of the deflationary pressures that I just described. People were losing investments. They lost jobs. Companies were going out of business. People were losing their houses. Loans were being written off and so forth. So there was a contraction of the money supply, which causes, uh, you know, that's a deflationary cycle. But the, the, the huge difference between the Depression of the 30s and the economic situation we are now facing is that in the 30s, the Federal Reserve System uh, did not have the ability to expand the money supply anywhere near to the extent that it can today. The ability to create money out of nothing was very limited because, remember, in the 30s, money was backed by gold. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just create it out of nothing. You had to have the gold, brother, or you couldn't create it and lend it. Yeah, Today, they keep track, too, as well, of, of how much money was in this current system, so how much it was worth. Now they've uh, actually gotten rid of the uh, the indicator on the dollar bills that tell how much money is in circulation. Uh, can you tell me why they did that? Why did they get rid of that? You mean why they got rid of the amount that, that was behind the, the dollar? Yeah, that, the mean, M3, I think it's called, right? Well, in, they used to call them silver certificates and gold certificates, if I'm understanding your question okay. right. I'm talking about the M3 money supply. That, that oh, the M3, the M3 money supply. Yes, uh-huh. okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's entirely Wait, different. Actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, G.R. Griffin. We're running up on a break here. And, uh, hold oh, okay. That right. yeah, hold that thought, and we'll get back to it when we get back. You are listening to the Animal Farm on the We the People Radio Network. Stay tuned. You've only got a couple of hours left. If you're going to pull a party out of your ass, you might want to stand up. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on the We the People Radio Network. Oh, put this here for me and you. Five one two six four six nineteen eighty four is the number to reach us. We are speaking with G. Edward Griffin. Um, when we left off in the break, uh, Mr. Griffin, we were talking about um, the M three money supply. Um, can you explain to people what that is and, and why it's important? Yeah, it, 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 you could make a, a, a real, uh, a real term uh, paper on this, but uh, <laughs> let's keep it simple. The uh, Federal Reserve publishes statistics from time to time indicating the uh, total amount of money in, in circulation or supply, and they, they break it down into different categories. Uh, uh, this, The M or the M0 is considered to be the physical currency. Now, those are the dollar bills, $10 bills, and so forth that... Uh, Liquid cash assets are held within a central bank. And that's a very small component of the total money supply. Um, but then they go up to M1 and M2 and M3, and each time they go up one of those steps, they, they consider some other form of money, such as checking accounts. 
well, now is checking account money? Well, of course, it's just as good as the dollar in your pocket as long as people will accept it, your check. You know, so you, you get a little bit away from the hard currency when you just go to M1, but it's still considered to be very good money, uh, checking account money. Then you go to M2, and then you go to that includes time deposits. The time deposits are those uh, that money that you put into the savings and loan or to your bank, and you agree that um, uh, they may not pay you back immediately on demand because they may not have it. They will have loaned it to somebody, but they'll tell you that you can have it in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days or some other period of time, and that's why they call it a time deposit. And then you get up to M3, uh, which is M2 plus very large time deposits held by uh, uh, very large banks, and uh, repurchase agreements uh, between the banks, and it's one of those uh, high-atmosphere places where you get a nosebleed when you start looking at the accounting. And um, huge, tremendous amounts of money are pushed between banks and between the Federal Reserve and banks at that level. Usually that is an indication of money flow to shore up a bank that's in trouble. That's where these huge amounts uh, start to move around, where the Federal Reserve will just suddenly move hundreds of millions or maybe a billion dollars into the uh, banking uh, fraternity to help them in some way or another. And it may only be just an overnight deposit or just for a very short-term repurchase agreement or something like that. But those are huge numbers, and uh, the Federal Reserve decided to stop publishing those numbers a little while back, I think primarily because it, it made it easy to see uh, the ups and downs, to see the, the huge spikes that were coming along, and those who were in the, in the know of what that meant were, were able to uh, say, look, the system is in trouble. Look at this spike last Tuesday. Why did they do that? So the, the Fed doesn't like people watching their operations that closely. They like to conceal that. So they said, we're not going to publish M3 anymore. It, it's not a significant statistic. The public doesn't need to know it. It doesn't mean anything. So they just stopped it. <laughs> Unbelievable. 512-646-1984. I want to go to the phones, Mr. Griffin. We only have about uh, 11 minutes left. So we'll take Paul in Delaware. Uh, you're on the farm. Hey, how you doing? Doing okay, Paul. How's it going? Uh, it's nice to speak with you, Mr. Griffin. As I'm, li as I'm uh, listening to you, I can't help but to ask the question because what I see is you'll get things done when you get results, and most people are not looking for results. I'm running into a lot of cult members, and it's not, it's not their fault. They've been bred that way, but you can't tell them that because they're not that far advanced yet. But um, uh, my question would be, if we know and we've identified the problem, what are we waiting on? You know, it's a, you know, I see there's these militia people and all these lunatics that want to play uh, paintball all day long. But what about results? And and that starts by you know I think getting uh, psychologically uh, prepared and and using your will. If you have a will, there's a way. But these people are, are kind of like a slave breed, is what I've seen. So how do how do you get through this? Well, I'm glad you raised that question because uh, that's the reason that uh, we created an organization called Freedom Force International. Uh, that's an, as the name suggests, it's an international organization with members now in 60 countries because almost every country in the world has a similar problem, and. Um, all of the members of this organization have faced that very issue that you've raised. Knowing about these problems is not enough. 
uh, reading another book or getting to be real smart and having all the statistics it doesn't help you one bit. You're still going to end up in the, you know, in the concentration camp along with everybody else. So what are you going to do about it? And um, my opinion is that the only thing you can do is to recapture the system. You can't escape. You can't hide. You can't get by just by turning all of your assets into gold and hiding it somewhere because they'll come and get you anyway. They'll get your gold. They'll get you. And they come and say, into the truck. You and your family, into the truck. You know, you're going to say, well, well, you can't do that. I've got gold hidden somewhere. So we've got to recapture the system. We've got to come to power. We've got to reverse the process that these people have been following for quite a while. It's a long-term strategy, and that upsets a lot of people because they want quick answers. Americans in particular want quick answers. They don't want any strategy that goes beyond the next election. You know, we can't get somebody elected. If we think we can just get one man elected, that's going to solve all of our problems. The Federal Reserve, it'll solve our problems in the school system, solve our problems in society. And one man elected, oh, my gosh, how narrow is the thinking for that? We've got to think beyond elections. We've got to think beyond two- and four-year cycles and think in the long view of really recapturing control of society from the grassroots on up. That's what Freedom Force is all about. It's a big topic, and if anybody's interested in doing something about this rather than just complaining about it, I urge them to come to our website and plan to spend some time reading about this strategy. And the website is freedomforceinternational.org, O-R-G for organization. So freedomforceinternational.org. I think you're going to like what you see. Yeah, great, great call. Thanks, Paul, for the call there. Um, now, getting feedback from her. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, welcome to the animal farm, plagued by injuries and all kinds of technical issues, but I'll move along. They Hopefully, suck. it's not getting broadcast that we're getting a, a double on my voice. But uh, speaking about solutions, Mr. Griff, what are your thoughts? I, w- I mean, I want to talk about films. We talked about, you know, only 2 or 3% of the population really needs to know about what's going on uh, to really make, you know, an effective change. But uh, we talk about freedom to fascism, America, freedom to fascism. Obviously, the late Aaron Russo made that film. And I think it had a pretty uh, profound impact on people's thinking. But I think it needs to be followed up. And I think this specific issue is so vitally important, just finance and the fact that your dollar is being printed by the Federal Reserve. Who is the Federal Reserve? This whole point. Uh, What other films or movies or publications or other sites would you recommend just to get more people informed? Because before we act... We need to be informed. So what other uh, assets would you recommend? Well, I would recommend, we have so many of them, I would recommend you come to our commercial site. That's where we have it, because we have a a listing of all of the films, all the audio programs, all the books that we think uh, that everybody should have in their library and have the information pretty well stuffed into their skulls. So uh, our commercial site is Reality Zone. It's realityzone.com. And we've got over 100 items there, Ben, and uh, I think you'll find, you know, exactly what you're talking about there. Reality Zone. That's a good, uh, that's a good URL. That's a great URL. <laughs> Did you ever get that one? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I don't know. I was so... driving down the road uh, about 15, 18 years ago trying to think of a better name than American Media, which was our real company name. It sounds so, you know, so institutional, so bland. And so American, <laughs> and we were, this time we were realizing that this is a global battle. It's something bigger than than that. So all of a sudden, the idea of Reality Zone hit me, and came back, looked it up, and by golly, it was available. So I nailed it. Wow! Very very cool. 
Um, we, we have about uh, two, two and a half minutes left with you. Is there anything else that you want to say to people out there to try to, um, uh, anything that they need to hear about this subject that's, that's vitally important? Well, I think we've pretty well covered it, but if I had to recap the two important issues, one is that most of us, and I include myself in that category, we need to learn as much as possible about the system that we're living under. We've just exposed here some fraud, some tremendous fraud in the banking system. But you know, it's everywhere. We find fraud in the healthcare system, for example, that would just blow your mind, uh, and, and how people are being conditioned to accept pharmaceutical drugs as the solution to all their illnesses and so forth, where in reality that's, that whole road is causing many of the illnesses and not curing it. That's a whole other field. We have to learn about all these things so we can stop being victimized by the people who have learned how to push our buttons. So the first step, of course, is education, but now the second step is what are we going to do about it? And, and I repeat what I said a moment ago. We can't do anything about it as long as we're on the outside of the halls of power. We're always looking inside, saying, oh, you people who are making the decisions, won't you please listen to us, listen to our petitions, won't you follow the Constitution? And, of course, they laugh at us. We have to get inside those halls of power. And one of our little mottos in Freedom Force is, if you can't fight City Hall, then become City Hall. Amen. Amen. That's, that's, the, that's the way I love it. That's good stuff, Mr. Griffin. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Unfortunately, we are up against the end of the hour break here. Um, and, of course, when we get back on G, when we go on GCN, and we'd love to have you on for a full segment, I want to take more phone calls and really get more in-depth because we just really scratched the surface, and I wanted to get our listeners familiar with what your works are about. So, once again, uh, freedomforceinternational.org are the websites, and one more, realityzone.com. So, Mr. Yeah. Griffin, thank you again, and we'll, we will be in touch, and thank you so much for being on the Animal Farm Radio Show. Okay, thanks for inviting me. Goodbye. Very welcome. Thank you. Once again, Gia Griffin, folks, good stuff. When we get back, we'll cover some more news. We may have Heidi Dalliber calling in in second hour sometime. Hopefully the uh, library terrorist will get some information from her. And, of course, your phone calls and the Animal Farm analysis. Stay tuned, folks. We shall return. Give me liberty or give me peace of Yes, that was G. Edward Griffin that we had on the show. The legendary. The legendary G. Edward Griffin. Such a smart guy. I just makes me feel like an idiot when I hear him talk, you know? <laughs> just truly humbled by the amount of knowledge. And if, yeah. I mean, listen, Ben, you and I both have seen so many videos of him, uh-huh. uh, movies where he was, you know, obviously asked to be a guest. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, when you talk to the real thing, it is is incredible, you know, the, the, the amount of knowledge he has. And like like we said, too, we just scratched the surface, and we will have to have him back on. I really want to get people involved. And, and like we said, Ben, we got to start taking some action. So yeah. now well, that we know. That to be a pivotal issue. Uh, Aaron Russo found it to huge. be a pivotal issue. It's humongous. You know, everything you buy yep. uh, with these Federal Reserve notes, people don't even understand what's on their own damn currency. Then, So yep. I think, like so many issues that we talk about, the monetary 
problems that we face. Just the fact that these dollars are printed by the Fed, uh, the fact that people don't know that it's not a government organization, the U.S. government organization, yeah. uh, it, it's just, it just shows the ignorance. And just another example of how cheap and how blind and how stupid some people really are. Just people just don't, you know, just don't know. Not, uh -huh. not, not that they're stupid, but they're just ignorant in some ways. So, yeah. and plus we have that Ron Paul clip. We have the Ron Paul which clip, which I think really um, does go well yeah, with the subject. It does. It goes very well with the subject. And this is out of the raw story. Uh, Ron Paul was being interviewed on CNN, um, asking if he was going to be endorsing McCain or Obama, and was actually asked his political opinion. Now, I got I got to preface this with saying that Ron Paul no. has been so good uh, for this country. It is incredible. Just the fact that, you know, the, the splash he made when he ran for president and then the aftershocks of him going out on the, on, on the big networks and them looking at his opinion and him having a credible opinion according to these uh, networks. It's, it's a shame that they determine what's credible and what's not. But, you know, the fact that he is on there saying what he's saying um, is just is, it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. So this is a clip of Ron Paul on CNN. Just a brilliant, brilliant fellow. Cue it up there. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Welcome back to American Morning. With all the talk of tension between the Obama and Clinton camps earlier this week, what's creating the greatest divide in the GOP? Well, former Republican presidential candidate Ron Paul is at odds with many of the more mainstream Republicans, and he joins us now with his take on how things have been going. Ron Paul, great to see you as always, Congressman. Thank you. Nice to be with yeah, you. You saw the speeches last night. Uh, Bill Clinton oversaw a strong economy during his presidency. This is what he argued last night in his speech. And he made the case that the GOP in the past eight years has really run the economy into the ground. And that is why they don't deserve four more years. What did you think of his speech, specifically uh, what he was saying about the economy? Well, I think there's some truth to that, but I don't think he can claim all the credit for it. The Federal Reserve is really responsible for the booms and the busts. So the Federal Reserve pumped up the credit during his period in the 1990s, and there was a lot of capital gains taxes came in and helped, helped the budget. But uh, the, the situation is exactly the same, whether it's the 90s or now. It's just that we go through these cycles, but the Federal Reserve causes these problems, and for him to claim great credit. But the Republicans come up short. They, they talk about balanced budgets and smaller government, and then we put them in power, and look at what happens. The deficits explode, and now they're on the short end. The economy turned down, but it wasn't the fact that just George Bush was in office. It was a due to turn down because that's the consequence of what happens when you create an artificial bubble. Do you think it's a valid argument, though, that a John McCain administration would be a four-year extension of the Bush administration? Sure, but I think that's what's going to be happening with Obama, too. There's no difference. Their foreign policies are identical. They want more troops in Afghanistan. They want to send more support to Georgia to protect the oil line there. Neither one says bring home the, uh, you know, the troops from Iraq from the bases. You know, the bases are going to stay there. The, the embassy as big as the uh, uh, Vatican, that's going to remain. So their foreign policies are exactly the same. They're both very, very aggressive and, with Iran. And you so I would say there's no difference. And you were the one. Of course, in the primaries and at the debates, that uh, the only Republican really opposed to Iraq, calling for a pull up, the Iraq war, calling for a pull out of troops. How would you handle these global threats then if it's not to uh, send our troops there and make sure that we're protected? Well, we create the threats. Why are, why are we on the borders of Russia uh, provoking uh, the Russians? I mean, the Georgians uh, initiated the military attack 
back uh, against these enclaves where they were mostly Russian. So it's sort of like the Russians being on the border of Mexico and then us, uh, uh, you know, uh, blaming ourselves. No, it, it's it's the fact that we're over there that we create these is crises. Isn't it part of our duty, though, uh, to, to, to support these fledgling democracies that ask for our help, which is what George did? Amazing. No, it's not our responsibility to do that. <laughs> it's their responsibility. Yeah, but they, they, we should endorse the principle. That, yeah. I'm, no, I'm sorry, man. I, I shouldn't interrupt because it, it was going well, and it's a, great, it's a great clip. But, like, just think. I mean, I, to me, it just boggles my mind, and my brain starts spinning in my head well, thinking think about... The, the the absolute propaganda that she is spitting out. Now, whether she yep. believes it or it's, that's her view or that's her... It doesn't matter. It's just the fact that she's coming out. Just think about the logic here. We are under a threat, mm -hmm. but we're fighting... Yeah. To protect this from this threat somewhere else, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Don't you think we have to fight the threat overseas? Of course not. Yeah. That makes no sense Why at all. But uh, well, that's the thing, you know. Uh, 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 immature, you know, immature and and non-understanding people will go out there and they will say. I mean, it's a sickness that's happened throughout history, and we talk about this all the time. That these people will sit there and say our country is so great, and it's and it really is nationalism that fu that fuels this fire. And it's okay to be to be nationalistic and to love your country, but it's really that that I love my country so much that I have to push it onto others, and it turns into nation building. And that's what we have here, and that's just no. what this woman thinks. She says, uh, if you're saying that America shouldn't be overseas, then that means that America's bad, and I know America's not bad. America's great, so yeah. I have to challenge you on these questions, uh, Mr. Ron Paul. And of course, he crushes her because you know she, he he have. Obviously, you know, the guy's 70-something years old, has been in Congress for, for however, however many decades. Um, so it's just, it's just absolutely, it's like a child talking to, yeah. to an adult. You don't need to have the intellect of Ron Paul to win these arguments. Yeah. This is literally IQ of 20 type arguments. Yep. Um, um, don't you think that a country that asks for a help, we should be involved? Hell no, of course not. Yeah. What about the problems if here? If a crackhead comes up and asks you for $10,000, are you going to give it to yeah, him? Yeah, exactly. But wait a minute. It doesn't, doesn't mean you have but, to but do it that. But it goes so yes. much further than that. Wait, that is still assuming that this country asked for our help. Yeah. They did not. Yeah, exactly. We took the ball and ran. <laughs> yeah. We invaded and bombed their country. Yeah. We killed over a hundred thousand of their people, enemies, combatants or not. And of course we lost over we've lost over four thousand of our own soldiers. So I you know, and that's why my head spins in my in my, you know, skull because it's like, whoa, 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 whoa yeah. where the hell is this coming from? This is just dumbed down right wing politics, which really has no place anymore. And the IQ of the population is lowering by the minute because of these talking points. So I'm sorry, Ben, but why don't you continue? This just fires yeah. me up. I can't, I can't stand the it. The Iraq War calling for a pull out of troops. How would you handle these global threats, then, if it's not to uh, send our troops there and make sure that we're protected? <laughs> well, we create the threats. Why are, why are we on the borders of Russia uh, provoking uh, the Russians? I mean, the Georgians uh, initiated the military attack uh, against these enclaves where they were mostly Russians. So it's sort of like the Russians being on the border of Mexico and then us, uh, uh, you know, uh, blaming ourselves. No, it, it's it's the fact that we're over there that we create these is crises. It, isn't it part of our duty, though, uh, to 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 support these fledgling democracies that ask for our help, which is what Georgia no. did?
No, it's not Again. our responsibility to do that. It's their responsibility. Sure. But they, they, we should endorse the principle, but not uh, send troops and money. The principle of self-determination is a very good one. But once we get over there, we just aggravate the situation. What did we do? We did exactly the opposite in, in Yugoslavia. We bombed Serbia in order for Kosovo to become independent. Now the Russians are doing the same thing, and then we're on the opposite side. It's this total inconsistency. Absolutely interference when we should not be there and we don't have any money to do this and we don't even have any troops if we, we really needed our troops to go into Georgia we didn't even have them available which proves my point that we are undermining our national defense with the foreign policy that we have we're out of time I, I have to let you go but I just want to ask you one quick thing yeah, are you gonna uh, be telling your supporters and you had many many of them to uh, back either one of these candidates Oh, well, I've, I've endorsed neither one, and we'll not endorse either of the two, two, two top candidates. All right. Well, kind of why is it, silly girl, why is it every time this guy comes on the mainstream media, they always ask him, so, Ron, um, what do you think? Do you think you might want to back one of these candidates? And he's like, openly saying, of course not, every yeah. single time. There's no reason for it. But uh, anyway, it's Ben, your, your thoughts about this, because I'm just speechless. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And you look at it, and you, it, 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 really, it really lets you know how dumbed down people are. After, you know, and this is a great thing that I was talking about before, the fact that this guy is on air, because everybody thinks like this woman that was interviewing him. Right. You have, to, you have to understand that. And a lot of the times in, in this movement here, um, and, and because we're around each other so much that we understand how smart each other is, we forget that there are really, really uh, ignorant people out there like this woman that's interviewing him that literally says, you know, shouldn't should our country so great, shouldn't we give that to other countries? I mean, that is, that is the height shut of up. ignorance. That's shut like somebody coming into your house, breaking into your home and saying, I am such a loving person that I'm going to bring my yeah, love into I'm your gonna, home. I'm going to enforce my religious beliefs on your family because mine are better. <laughs> and it's not, that I makes mean, sense. It's, it, it doesn't even have to be religion. It could yeah. be something good. I mean, Anything, they, could say, they could say, I'm rich and I'm going to break into your home and I'm going to make you rich. And they have no right to do that. You could say, get the hell, I don't care. It's my choice if I want to be rich or not. Get out of my house. And that's what we deal with overseas, you know. But, you know, Ben, and, and going down to even just the fundamental level, I mean, people, there are people up there, like we said, that still think we have found the weapons of mass destruction yeah. from Iraq. There are people now who I guess believe what this anchor woman thinks, who, you know, that they asked us to come into the country and cause all of the things that we've caused, you know, we're we'll with babies the, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, but think about that. I mean, Ron Paul, as smart as he is, I can't believe he said, whoa, I, I, if I were him, I would have said, whoa, 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 stop. They never asked us to come into their country. Where the yeah. hell did you get that from? I mean, let's let's at least call uh, a spade a spade at this point. Let's at least own up to exactly what's going on. But it's this kind of sickness and it's this kind of complete propaganda that is just poisoning our country and really just making our country a bunch of ignorant sheeple. The law is that guy that wears that badge and a gun. That's the one that puts you in jail. That's the law. So do you men lack confidence? Need some help in that intimate area? Well, now we have the answer for you. The Animal Farm Radio Show.
right, we're back. Um, yeah, 512-646-1984 is the number to reach us. We are going to be on the Genesis Communications Network um, starting. That's a moving on up uh, music there, Pop. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> We're not getting anything out of Pius tonight, are we? Um, yeah, I'll announce the date. November 3rd. November 3rd? Is when we start. Monday, yep. November 3rd. Monday, November 3rd, and we will be having a, the five-day-a-week show, um, and it will be upgraded like crazy. Mad bumpers, mad, uh, mad uh, skits, mad uh, oh my goodness, game uh, shows and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, you know, for folks who don't know, we are moving to the GCN Radio Network five days a week from 6 to 8 Eastern. Yep. And uh, like you said, Ben, we will be starting on the 3rd of November. Very excited. Yep. I mean, how could you not be? This is the Animal Farm. And it's going to be the bomb. It's it's going to be, uh, and, and we got Jack Blood, and he's going to be promoting us there, and we actually um, are going to be on directly after Jack Blood, so it's going to be yeah, our favorite. Be a one, two, three hit. It's going to be Alex Jones, and it's going to be Blood. Jack Blood, and it's going to be the Animal, Animal Farm. Farm every day. I mean, um, so look forward to that. Add that to your repertoire and uh, and uh, skip work. Yeah, stay home. Absolutely, don't leave the house. Now it's going to be great, folks. And like you say, Ben, we're really working uh, overtime now to start thinking about ways in which we can not only make the show better, mm-hmm. but make the show more accessible and make it a lot more user friendly. And like we always try to get people to instant message us on AIM. Now we're going to have our own chat room, and it's going to be the site's going to be uh, improved significantly. So everything Absolutely. about this show, and because of the feedback and because of the support we've received, everything about the show that it is going to improve and we're going to do our absolute best and folks by all means like so many of our supporters have don't uh you know don't refrain from emailing us let us know what you think if you think we can improve or if there's guests that you'd like to have us interview in our little animal farm way anything uh any comments suggestions anything like that for sure please email us info at animalfarmshow.com and uh, like like we always said we're going to do our best to to help and to inform and try to get people active and talk about solutions that's the other thing that we have to get better at i think ben yeah comes to leave so that's what it is but we have you know unfortunately we only have about 46 minutes left in our WTPN career, and it is a little sad. I mean, I'm going to miss the, the, the wrong intros and the delayed oh. phone calls and all kinds of the, you know, the dropped off, you know, so I am going to miss it, Ben. It's part of our, it's part of our lives. Well, hopefully, hopefully our listeners will carry over and they will um, dig us enough to go over to the GCN Network and listen to our show. Um, we sure. love all the listeners and, and everything that they've done for us. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been great here. Um, I'm, I'm very happy and, and you know. Uh, with um, uh, so, some of the folks at the WTPRN. Yeah. Um, well, we've gotten treated well by many of them. I mean, I'm, we that's have, not yeah. sarcastic. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do joke. I, I want you to be on my team. We're on your team, George. And no, I mean, you know, we joke around, but we have to joke around. That's part of our gig here. So we do yeah. have fun. And, you know, hopefully people have a sense of humor that we do, but I doubt it. Um, but, Ben, we got about another minute and 40 seconds before next break. You want to rush through this quick article, and then we can get back on the animal I don't farm. want to rush through this one. This one is... Don't uh, rush through it then, Ben. This one's Wait bad. A <laughs> I'll read the I'll read the headlines and that'll that'll serve as a good cliffhanger I guess into the next uh, segment. Ooh, yes. uh, I got a teaser. Um, I got a teaser uh, queued up too. You know, <laughs> Pro- protesters uh, denied access to attorneys and forced to march in leg shackles. ACLU charges. DNC. That's what's going on. Yes. Wildly inappropriate. <laughs> You're on point. Yeah, the ACLU issued a stinging rebuke uh, to the Denver Police Department Wednesday, alleging that the department may have violated laws and constitutional rights of protesters arrested outside Democratic Democratic National Convention. In the letter obtained by Roster, the ACLU revealed that the police refused those arrest access to attorneys. Police did not let detainees use phones unless they posted their own bonds and even failed to provide shoes. In one case, marching a protester into court bare feet and legs 
like shackles. Oh, nice. Uh, a bunch of jugheads. Yeah, you know, they've are. all learned from Abu Ghraib, so they're really you know Guantanamo style. You know, they just they just see it on TV and they got to repeat it in real life. And what are you going to do? Like our children, like our youth today. It's incredible. Unbelievable. This DNC. It was, it was I mean, uh, very uh, interesting, I guess oh. I should say. Oh, oh, oh Pius has Pius me on the soundboard. Pius just sampled you, Ben. That's a first. It is. That's oh wildly inappropriate. All right, Pius. folks. Well, we're up against the break wildly at this point. Inappropriate. We are waiting for, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I knew it was only a matter of time. All right, time. we might have Heidi Gallagher coming on. I don't know if she forgot to even call in. But either way, if not, we'll talk about Barack Obama not being a U.S. citizen. Stay folks animalfarmshow.com excellent band by the way there folks that's uh, Opeth they're a Swedish metal band O-P-E-T-H check them out on the web great stuff we are still here. Uh, AnimalFarmShow.com is what you're listening to, or that's the website. This is the Animal Farm Show radio show. Who the hell knows what it is? But I tell you, Ben, I'm a little upset. I think Heidi has forgotten to, or maybe just forgot altogether about giving us a call. I wanted to talk to her. She was the, the girl from Wisconsin who got arrested for not returning her library book. So yes. I'm trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together here, Ben, and tell me if I'm off the beaten path. She forgot to go to court about the... Library book. She, man, she forgot to go to her court on her court date. Uh -huh. So it's no surprise that she forgot to call us at the animal farm. So, I mean. We're a little bit less important than a court date. <laughs> I guess, you know, I, I guess it's just kind of a priority thing. So maybe she didn't diss us, but maybe she just kind of forgot. So, eh, well, you know what? It happens. Oh, my God. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, we tried. And uh, I did want to ask her, though, because I had a couple of interesting uh, questions for her. But either way, I did want to talk about this out of the Pakistan Daily, daily.pk. This is kind of like out of the box here. Barack Obama is not a U.S. citizen. And take this for, you, for what you will. Once again, folks, we're just reporting on the news here. Uh, birth certificate found in Kenya, citizen, citizen of Kenya and Indonesia, Hawaiian certificate forged. I mean, you know, I know this has been made as kind of a big deal. This has been talked about here and there on the, the right-wing news. They, you know, they don't really touch yeah. this too much. They just kind of talk about how he's not qualified now. He's just a, you know, he's a... He's a, a, a yeah, exactly. And how he's just a community guy. But no, now we're talking about the possibility, real possibility here, of him not being a citizen. And if you have any, uh, you know, insight or proof of this, either for or against, you know, we're, we're not a fan of this guy, so it doesn't matter. 512-646-1984. But once again, I'll read a little bit about this, and then I'll get your thoughts. On August 21st, Attorney Philip J. Berg requested an injunction in federal court against the nomination of Barack Obama, citing evidence that candidate Barack Obama is not a U.S. citizen and... Quote, the obvious problems that will occur when the Republican Party raises these issues after Obama is nominated. Um, okay, well, he was nominated, like, what, last night? Something like that? And yeah. I don't really hear about anything just so far. I've not heard about anything like this. And we were actually laughing before the show because you said you, you turned white and you were like, oh, my God, if Hillary gets the nomination, I can still win that bet. You can still win that <laughs> like bet. Like the bet that we made, like, seven months ago. They find out that he, he's Could not really... Imagine? Yeah, that he wasn't born in the United States. That means, obviously... Hillary's going to be the next yeah, candidate, right. and you are going to win that bet. Well, and I don't even know what the bet was. We didn't even bet anything. We like, didn't win. We, 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 I think we bet for bragging rights, uh, yeah. you know, but, you which haven't, I haven't even used You haven't even used them, so yeah. I could really, if I get it, I'm going to use them. Berg, <laughs> Berg accuses if that Barack... If that were proven true, I think that would be a very serious offense. Thank you, yes. Larry. Thank you. Berg uh, argues that Barack Obama was born in Kenya in 1961 to an American woman 
Let's hope so. Stanley N. Dunham and a Kenyan man, Barack Hussein Obama Sr., interesting middle name, as reportedly shown by a birth certificate from Mombasa Maternity Hospital. According to the law at that time, a parent could pass U.S. citizenship onto a child born abroad if the parent was at least 19 years old. Obama, Obama's mother, was only 18. Africa's a nation that suffers from incredible disease. <laughs> Thank you, George. <laughs> Thank you for the insight. No hospital birth certificate has been produced to show Obama was born in Hawaii. Only a certificate of birth registry after the fact, which forensics ex experts have denounced as a forgery. So, Ben, I mean, this is a big issue. I need, you know, I'm not going to vote for this guy no matter what. Uh -huh. But I want to know. I mean, you know, if we can't even, uh, you know, fix this problem, then we are just so far gone in this country. If we can't at least prove on the mainstream crap media whether or not a candidate running for our presidency is American or not. Then we are in, I think, even worse trouble than I thought. We are in worse trouble in the White House. I don't, I don't think any of the mainstream networks is, are, are going to pick this up and really make it. That's why I, I agree yeah. with you. Because, you know, he's so loved by them. And we did read that story about the ABC News, um, ABC News and the NBC and the MSNBC, all those news. All the big outlets. All the crap out there um, that basically essentially said that the study that did that talked about how they favored him literally did a positive story seven to one. Um, for him, so I, I highly doubt any of these people are really going to going to point this out um, because they seem to be have made their decision on who the next president of the United States is going to be, despite the inflated, uh, bizarre poll numbers that show the exact same. I mean, how could our country be divided 50-50 between these two people? I mean, it's a, it is so rigged. Um, maybe not necessarily uh, tactically rigged with uh, voting and things of that nature, but it's so rigged that the, it's like the psychological aspect of the United States is so rigged because half people are Republicans, half the people are Democrats. Or actually, it's even worse than that. Most people call themselves "quote unquote" independents, um, but they'll end up going, voting for a Democrat or a Republican as if that's the independent thing to do because they're really independent. I mean, that's how that's how bad things are. Is that people think people think that they are independent and they'll be like, "I have an independent. I am an independent. I am not." A Republican or a Democrat, and then then they will when the election time comes they'll vote for a Republican and a Democrat. I mean, yeah. that's how bad things are. Um, but you know the fact that there's a 50-50 split uh, between the public and, and America is just just goes to show that it's like it's it's, it's a joke is what it is. That's, but that's why I, and it's you know, embarrassing. And never mind my political beliefs. I mean I don't subscribe to any party because I I don't believe in that. I'm yeah. an American and I my beliefs range from whatever to whatever A to Z. But on top of that, see, you know, I'm curious here because, you know, they, they play this game every day on the mainstream media and they play this, you know, red versus white, Democrat versus Republican game where blah, 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 Barack's not qualified. And then they go and mm -hmm. they, you know, the same crap is said on the other side. McCain has 15 houses. Mm. Right. And I'm wondering now, I mean, if this is rock solid. Which it may be, but if it's rock solid, if it turns out to be rock solid, solid, if it's rock solid, good point. If, but if it is, then I want to see all these hardcore conservatives stop talking about the little issues about Barack Obama, like he's got many houses and his wife's a bitch and all this stuff. And yeah. you know, never mind the fact that he wants a civilian task force God. and he wants to do all these really Orwellian things and he wants to move the war to Afghanistan. Yeah. Never, they don't even talk about that. They don't. They don't say nothing about that. But, of course, now with the citizenship issue, uh, if this is true, I want to hear the Hannity's of these hardcore Hannity listeners. I want to hear them rise up and get fired up and start figuring out what to do and get this guy out of the race. And I'm not racist. I don't care. He could be Italian. He could be black. He could be white. He could be yellow. I don't care. If he's not a citizen, the rule is right now. 
that he Let's cannot see. run for the presidency. Okay? I want you to rise Thank up and get fired up and get angry and just start <laughs> grinding <laughs> your teeth. Thank you. And just get mentally Thank ready. Yes. But if they keep pushing, we're yes. going to take them. And I mean take them savage. That's right. I mean run them down. down. I mean take their heads and just <laughs> run them into the fire. <laughs> I love this show. Their heads just blast open. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Bust them. You know what I'm talking about. Just bite. Big bloody <laughs> chunks. Bloody chunks right out of them. I love it. <laughs> Stop us. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking. See, you know, and that's why it takes it takes an Alex Jones to, to put my words out there in the right way because I am not saying it the right way. But that's what I'm talking about. And uh, you know, so that that's what we're up against, folks. And uh, like I said, want to get your your thoughts on this five one two six four six nineteen eighty four, folks. This is the last show on WTPRN, so you want to call and you want to make fun of us or you know do whatever you want to do, talk to us in any way possible. This is your last chance uh, for another until, like, two months yeah, and, until November third. Yeah, yeah. This is, we're going to be away for a while, so and we're. We're going to miss all of you, and hopefully you're going to miss us, too. But uh, we have at least another 30 minutes, and of course we will have the power segment and, and all the things. But uh, yeah, to me, Ben, this is, this is a major issue now. I think this needs to be brought up. And, you know, and the other thing, too, is never mind the Republicans, never mind the red people. Yep. What about the Clintons? Wouldn't they love to prove this? I mean, they just made this huge speech that they, they, you know, they support Obama and everybody should get behind them. But wait a minute. This guy might not even be a U.S. citizen, for yep. Christ's sake. So, you know. The meaning of the word is. Yeah. I would agree, Bill, and this needs to be brought up. This needs to be resolved now. Enough of this partisan nonsense. We need to figure out if this man is legally a citizen of this country yep. tonight, tomorrow morning, you know, by the latest, because he just accepted the nomination. So, and this will, this will be a great example of modern-day politics. And this, yeah. Because cause you'll, this is something that, we, obviously, you have to find out. Um, you have to understand, and you have to face reality and see if that this is even legal that he's going to be running for president, but it won't happen. And that's, that's it's not, I know, exactly and that is what modern-day politics in America is. It's forget what's lawful, forget what the rules are, forget uh, everything that's right and wrong and the reason why the rules created in the first place. It's forget about it. This guy's an inspirational speaker. That's it. He's End smooth. of subject. Yeah, he's inspiration. He talks about change. Let's just keep on with the nonsense. Exactly. And, uh, and yeah, Ben, you're absolutely... And but see, that's why... That's why we're that's why we're saying this. So, um, you know, it is what it is, and we'll see. We'll see how the mainstream media handles it, folks. AnimalFarmShow dot com. When we get back, we're still waiting for Heidi. We may or not talk. May or may not talk to her, but stay tuned. We shall return. To library books, borrow equals one trip to jail. Good evening, everybody. I'm Shelby Cross. And I'm Toya Washington. And for Terry Sater, a Grafton woman admits she didn't return the library books, but she thinks her punishment was out of line. As well as Brennan Conway reports, the woman went looking for entertainment but found herself facing an arrest warrant instead. At the Liberty Memorial Library in Grafton, the only crime you usually find is a time-life book by that name. But the suburban library now finds itself in the middle of a story fit for print. And I said, what could they possibly do? They're not going to arrest me for this, you know. I was wrong. Not only was Heidi Dallobor wrong, but she has the mugshot to prove it. For Heidi, the trouble all started last year when she didn't return two popular books to the Grafton Library. A lot to do, a lot about nothing. Two library books. 
were $28. When Heidi borrowed Angels and Demons and White Oleander from here at the Grafton Library, she was looking for an escape from reality. But when she didn't return these two books, she found herself in the middle of her own drama, one that ended with her in handcuffs. Shut up. After Heidi failed to respond to four notices from the library, two phone calls and two letters, they forwarded the case to police. As is their policy, police issued a citation and a court date. Heidi says she was working that day and forgot about the whole thing, but the judge didn't. He issued an arrest warrant, and police showed up at Heidi's door and arrested her. Police have been criticized for going too far, but the chief says they were simply following the law. None of this would have been necessary if she had honored her agreement and, and returned the books. Heidi eventually paid her $170 fine and was released. I completely take responsibility for not paying my fine in time and um, not going to my court date. These are probably the most trouble of any books that you've ever read in your life? By far, yes. <laughs> Heidi says she doesn't hold anything against the police, but she also says she's in no hurry to use her library card again. In Grafton, Brendan Conley, WISN. Yeah, 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 whatever. Okay, back. Well, we're here back. You folks. told me that you read 16 books. <laughs> AnimalFarmShow.com is the website. We actually are now joined by the infamous Heidi Dalliber, the terrorist library book non-returner. <laughs> Heidi, can you hear us? Hi. How are you? I'm good, all right. How are you? Doing really well. I, I, I wanted to bring you on the show because I mean, we talk about a lot of crazy stories. We also, you know, we always start the show off with nutty stories that you just never hear. You're almost very difficult to believe. But yours, you know, it struck me strange because the obvious, because of the fine and because of the, you know, the fact that you were handcuffed and brought into the police station, this whole thing. But on top of it, there were other issues that came up you know, just with the news reports and how they portrayed that, you, you know, you took out these books and, you know, for entertainment and to escape from reality. But before we get to all that, I want to ask you about that. But just for the folks listening, and we do have people that I guess hanging on the line that want to talk to you. So tell us in your own words uh, what exactly happened. This way we get it on the animal farm on the record. Go ahead. Well, what really happened? The reason I was put in cuffs is because I missed my court date. That was my fault. So people are kind of getting the story upside down, thinking it's just because I didn't return the books, and really it was my fault for not showing up for my court date. And I'm taking complete blame for that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and the report says that. And I think, you know, maybe some people can argue, well, I mean, even though you missed your court date, I mean, was it really necessary to have them come arrest you? And we can get on that otherwise. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right, though, because a lot of these stories do portray it as though library books non-returned means jail, which is obviously not the case. And, and yes, I guess right. it is your fault for not showing up to court this whole thing. But at the same time, it still seems like overboard. Are I mean, if I'm a judge... Yeah, I mean, if I'm a judge and you, you know, you didn't return your, I'm like, okay, give her another call, see if we can contact her, maybe at work or something like that. Let's just get her to return these awful, terrible books. But on top of that, like I said, when when I was watching this, you know, listening to this report after the second or third time, I started, you know, I realized that they added some interesting language in there, and I don't want to get on this whole angels and demons and the other book that you, whatever, White Oleander, whatever the other book was, um, but. It was pretty interesting how they portrayed it because they said, well, she took out these books to escape from reality and she was seeking entertainment. And I almost, yeah. I almost, I almost got a sense that they were attacking the literature. So um, what are your thoughts on that? I Actually, this is one of the first times I've heard that. Um, I don't know who was the first to say that. I, it's kind of an interesting take on it. I don't really agree with it. I, I checked out books because I like to read. Yeah, uh, well, well, that's that, that, that's impossible. Americans don't read, Heidi. So obviously there must be a different reason. <laughs> Especially it's, and, and it's like, old women. 
Yeah, well, I mean, thank God you didn't take out Mein Kampf. You would have been in, you would have went to Santa Gitmo at this point. But no, I mean, <laughs> but that's what it is. It's like, wait a minute. So she went to the library. She took out books because, you know, she just may have wanted to read something. But because you took out <laughs> Angels and Demons, which, of course, most people knowing I, or don't know, that's the predecessor to the Da Vinci Code. Is that correct? Right. right. Angels and Demons. Yep. Right. Okay. And I've never read either of the books, and I have, I'm not a promoter of them, but just the fact that they portrayed it as, oh, my goodness, this, this young woman from Wisconsin wanted to escape then. She wanted to get out of reality so quick. Um, well, here's, here's my whole, whole notion on the, on the thing, okay? You have, um, you know, it, it really is the the trouble with this country in general, in my opinion, is that you have her, you know, she didn't show up for a court date, blah, 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 that's wrong and everything. But I have an article uh -huh. right here in front, from the Raw story, Halliburton sued for human trafficking. And you have these multi-billion corporation, international corporations out there that openly deal uh, in, in sex trades with children internationally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then and, and nothing happens to these people. But Heidi, who forgets to return books and then forgets to go to a court date, gets handcuffed and shackled and put on the on, on the nightly news. That's my whole point of this, and I, I, I think I find that to be wrong. Well, I'll, you know, and on top of that too, and you know, I don't want to get too deep in this, but I'll go even further. I mean, it's, I mean. And it, this is, it's just a con, it's how the law system works. And it could be state by state. And I don't want to make too much of a big deal, but you have a guy like Pac-Man Jones, who's an NFL football player, accused of all kinds of issues. He's been involved in murder plots, this whole thing. He's a criminal and he's been, you know, he was reinstated by the NFL today. He's been, uh, yeah. you know, he's been in all kinds of trouble for so long. But of course, poor Heidi Dalliber just wanted to read a lot of books. And then, of course, like you said, you know, you, you were lazy. You didn't go to the court date. So what was the deal? Did you forget to go? Yeah, actually, uh, well, not to actually the court date. I was working that day, and I was supposed to get off late, or get off early, I mean, and uh, I'm a waitress, so I kept getting cables and totally forgot. So at the end of my shift, I realized, you know, oh, crap, I forgot. So then <laughs> after my shift, I then went to the police department, and they told me it was too late. Uh, too late. Ah, oh, crap! Right, well, how were the, anyway, how were the books? Were they any good after all this uh, issue? Yeah, I mean, um, I've read them both before. I really like the book Angels and Demons. I actually read The Da Vinci Code first, which is why I read this one. It's a great book. I love it. Right, yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, most people obviously read The Da Vinci Code and The Angels and Demons. But so, you know, did you get your escape from reality? Did you did you get your entertainment? Or, you know, what, what was the other one? White yeah, Oleander? Yeah. yeah, that one is, um, most people don't know that one. It's you know, a girl or a mother kills her boyfriend and kids passed around. It's a pretty good book. It's also a movie as well. People might know that better. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So it was $175 you had to pay after all was done. But, of course, like, everything's okay now, right? Yeah. You're not being, your phone's not being bugged or anything like that? No. No, everything is paid for. It's all taken care of. All right. Well, I, that's that's all I wanted to hear. I wanted to make sure that we had the story straight, because obviously with the, yeah. the news and how it gets portrayed, and you never really know what's going on. But uh, anything else? Did you, you want to say anything else? Any other stuff? Or um, I actually past few has been getting a lot of hate mail in, in my actual um, mail, and they're all anonymous. So I just want to say, if anybody wants to send me hate mail, at least put your address on there and own up to it. You know, there's a lot of cowards out there trashing me. And it's like, well, talk to me about it. Are you serious? Like, how can you really be that upset over this? I'm owning up to it. Get over it. Hey, yeah, you're, you're not even, I mean, I think I'm more upset about it than you are. <laughs> I mean, definitely, in fact, I, I can prove it because, I mean, the last two shows now, I'm, like, sweating in the studio talking about this ridiculous nonsense. Are there things that make yeah. you 
Street. Yes, Mr. Rogers, there are things. I mean, this is a waste of our tax dollars. I mean, I don't live in Wisconsin. I'm in New York, and I'm right. still up just about it. But what what are they saying? Like, through the hate mail, what are they saying to you? What, what, what possible getting, hate mail did, did you get? I actually got one from a mother, and it was a postcard, and it said, Lessons Heidi Dalibor needs to learn. You're not better than anybody else. You need to return your books, pay back your mom, which, which is a false accusation because my mom did not pay for it. I paid the $179 by myself. Wow. So that was just ridiculous. I'm getting funny ones, like scary ones, like you're ruined. You're going to be in the gutters forever, like typed down in big letters and just stupid <laughs> oh stuff like that. I wouldn't take yeah. any of that serious, honey. Um, oh, I can't. A lot no, of people no out there with, with nothing to better, nothing better to do. Um, and, and really, right. honestly, it's, it's really none of their business, anyways, to start sending you stuff to your personal address, especially yeah. weird, weird crap like that. That's pretty bugged out. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, uh-huh. with, with any group of people, especially Americans, with any group of people, there's a lot of nice people and good people, but there's a whole lot of losers, and you got to kind of weed out the losers from the non-losers. But Heidi, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. I know, and you, you, I'm sure you're busy this whole thing, and we really appreciate you coming on and telling us your story. And if you ever need any protection you got the animal farm radio show at your side so by all means, thank you you no problem give us a call anytime and we'll uh we'll put it on the air so once again folks the infamous heidi Dalliber. thank you so much for joining us when we get back we are oh almost the power we are the power segment yeah. on, okay so the power segment coming up uh heavy metal music over a lot of news fast paced so you don't want to miss that folks last show ever on we the people we shall return we love you so much Throw the switch and let us begin the battle for the planet. Where does all the time go? Folks, our last segment on the We The People Radio Network. Great. Ever. Ever. Yes, this is the last one. 512-646-1984. Get your kicks in while it lasts. We just spoke to Heidi Gallibur, the library terrorist girl. And the lesson... Beautiful young female. Yes, she is. Absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) Well, we learned an important lesson, too, and that is uh, do not ever take books out of the library, or at least don't miss your court date. But anyway, it was fun. in, uh, In children is okay. But don't forget to right. Yeah, if, yeah. If you're an NFL star that's worth millions, you could basically shoot people on the street and then still be reinstated for your job. But don't ever miss your court date for a library book. So that, we learned a lesson, folks. This is about a learning experience. But I want to get to some business. We do have some requests here. Ray, one of our one of our greatest fans, yes. and just one of the greatest Americans alive, Ray M, uh, has been emailing us for the last six months. He sent us a clip that he requested, Ben, yes. for us to play over the air. Uh-huh. So and it was it, a message to the animal farm? Is that I, what it is? I, well, I think it was a message for me. A message for Tony. So I, okay. and I, I now, listen, I have not heard it, so I suspect that it's something about like some woman or something, but anyway. And then Pyatt has a message and for And then Pyatt has a message, but Ray, I'm going to give you the air over the sound clip. Go ahead, Ray. You were the most unique human being on the planet. You are walking history. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's special for me? That's no, for you personally, huh? Well, oh, Ray, I am honored. Wow, well, I tell you, I wish I wish more people thought like you. I got to tell you, uh, Ray, thank you for the uh, for you know for that support. And before Pat gets his day in court, 
Um, you know, again, folks, I can't say this enough, but all the support, uh, Connie, Dan, Jeffrey from Kentucky, uh, of course, Ray, and I, I'm forgetting so many, but everybody who's been participating in the show since its inception, early uh, October of last year, folks, it's just been great, and we really appreciate all the support, and we want to just keep this ball rolling and do whatever we can to, to get it going. So, Pius, why don't you play your famous clip, and we'll go from there. Thank you, my old friend. For everything. No. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, we're going uh, bonkers, ball. Anyway. Yeah, I'm mushy here on the end. Yeah, I know. I'm, I mean, I, I, I am honored, right? Especially a guy like Ray, who I look up to. Uh, I appreciate that. And we're not going to get to half the news, but I think we should start the infamous Animal Farm, the final WTPR and Animal Farm power segment. Let's let it begin. Let it begin. Power Okay, thank right. you. Why don't you start, Ben, since we're losing our minds here? Politicians flyer offends some with Italian roots. Alberta Mara was shocked by the political fundraising flyer he found in his mailbox last week. It was a picture of Del Sal Aquinto in a dark suit, hair slipped back, hands clasped in a prayer position, evoking Al Pacino in the movie poster, The Godfather Part 3. No. So this politician goes out there and he basically uh, puts out a movie poster um, that looks exactly like uh, Godfather Part 3. Basically saying, uh, I got an offer you can't refuse, and I think uh, that's what it said. So a lot of people were offended by that. Well, I like the Godfather movies, and folks, they're great movies, but also they have a lot of political little things in there that you yes. should really check out. But okay, uh, you go. One more for you, but then I get to. Okay. ABC reporter arrested in Denver taking pictures of senators and big donors. This happened in Denver. <laughs> Police in Denver arrested an ABC News producer today as he and a camera crew were attempting to take pictures on the public sidewalk of Democratic senators and VIP donors leaving a private meeting at the Brown Palace Hotel. You can't take pictures of famous people nowadays. They're Hold godly. Up, wait a minute, wait a minute. You that silly-ass reporter from the Channel 5 News. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you try to take pictures of our, their godliness, you get arrested. Well, I mean, listen, though, they are the authorities. So no longer is the purpose of government to serve and protect. Now it's just... Uh, I don't know, to rule. Um, so, well, yeah. I tell you what, Ben, since my computer seems to be on the fritz here, why don't you do one more and then I'll, I'll go. All right. After all that bitching and moaning. <laughs> judge fears secret hearings over Guantanamo Bay. Ooh. Federal judge overseeing cases against dozens of Guantanamo Bay detainees said Wednesday that he fears the public and the detainees themselves will be locked out of the courtroom when evidence in the case is scrutinized for the first time. Hundreds of detainees are awaiting hearings in Washington federal court in the coming months to determine whether they were properly labeled, quote-unquote, enemy combatants and imprisoned without being charged. So we have these people imprisoned without being charged with anything. It's completely illegal and un-American in the first place. And now a judge is is fearing that the, there's going to be secret hearings over it and that um, some of the criminal court, yes, that some of the torture evidence is not going to be uh, is going to be induced. So no. it's got a heck of a lot to do with radical Islamic extremists. You're right, John McCain, and I, I do recommend folks. Our segment continues. I do recommend folks check out the Ghosts of Abu Ghraib. It's on HBO. Once again, the Ghosts of Abu Ghraib. You can get a good picture of what that article was kind of about in much more ways, but it does does involve a strong stomach, so definitely don't eat or anything while you're watching. It's terrible. No. Uh, my turn here. FDA investigates cholesterol drug Vitorin's possible link to cancer, and I feel guilty because I actually did some work for Vitorin early in my career. 2003, it was coming out. Federal oh, drug... Sa- yeah, I know. It's terrible. Federal drug safety regulators said Thursday they are investigating whether the cholesterol-lowering drug Vitorin can increase patients' risk of de- developing cancer. 
Just one I more. Yeah, I'm not kidding. One more thing out of Big Pharma just makes you shake your head. However, the Food and Drug Administration said patients should not stop taking Vitorin because the evidence of cancer link is unclear. <laughs> FDA always shut look, up. Oh, the up. FDA is always looking out for your ass, isn't it? While one recent clinical trial indicated higher rates of cancer for patients taking the medication, two studies currently underway have shown no increased risk. The FDA said, uh, meanwhile, senior lawmakers in Congress issued a demand for data on the clinical trial that in, in indicated a cancer risk. So this one is... They want to kill us! Uh, believe it or not, it's out of the Associated Press, but Fox News covered it, which is strange. But you can check it out for yourselves. Ben, uh, why don't you do one more? Chertoff is worried public cynicism leading to post-9-11 complacency. Do we have that Chertoff clip? That we can play the Chertoff music. It's the music. Yes. Oh, that's one of the Chertoff musics. Okay, that's one of the other sure ones. Do the voice now. Yes, Homeland Security Chief Michael Chertoff rates America's ability to know who is coming into this country, quote, as phenomenally better than 9/11, and says critical <laughs> infrastructure protection is using another unsung success story. But Chertoff said in an interview Wednesday that he worries about other vulnerabilities, including the security of private planes entering the United States from overseas. The Bush administration, he said, may try to require incoming private jets on transatlantic flights to stop first either in Anchorage, Alaska, or Bangor, Maine, to be checked for signs of radiological cargo. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got to work on your chair-toe voice there, Ben, yeah. but I know what it's good stuff anyway. I'll follow I am by... the devil chair-toe. It is. I will follow that article up with the really popular MSNBC article, Bush creating an embryonic police state, which I wanted to talk about last show, but I did not. Uh, now that uh, blah, blah, blah. I want to get to the point here. The Justice Department has proposed changes to police intelligence gathering rules that would ease the transfer of information about citizens to federal intelligence agencies who would keep the information for at least 10 years. The changes, first since 1993, were introduced for public comment on July 31st. Under the proposed changes, law enforcement agencies would be allowed to target groups and individuals on no. the basis of suspicion of participation in terrorist acts or providing uh, counsel of material support to terrorists. Pardon me. Former no. FBI agent and American Civil Liberties Union Policy Counsel Michael German. It's spelled German, but I'll say German. However, told the Washington Post that the proposed changes could lead to abuse of constitutional rights by law enforcement agencies, citing cases where police have eavesdropped on political dissenters and infiltrated their ranks. So once again, a very American article here. This um, president is not above the law. Yeah, and I want to get, I, there's so much health. I mean, there's so much news we're not going to get to, but I want to talk about bisphenol A and chemical and plastic bottles harms children. The feds have concluded really quick out of RINF.com by one of my favorite journalists, David Gutierrez, for the first time, a branch of U.S. government uh, has admitted that common industrial chemical bisphenol A, or BPA, may cause a health risk. BPA is a crucial ingredient in the hard, clear polycarbonate plastic found in water and baby bottles. It is also used to make liners for food and infant formula cans. BPA has been shown to seep out of these containers and into food or liquids, and 90% of U.S. residents carry it in carry it in their body. So, unfortunately, then, we do carry this chemical. The National Toxology Program of the National Institutes of Health included, concluded uh, in April that there are some concerns that BPA may cause problems in fetuses, babies, and children, including breast or prostate cancer, early onset of female pu puberty, attention deficit disorder, and other problems of the reproductive and neurological systems. Interesting. So, you can check it out. Once again, BPA, and it's bisphenol A. Check it out for yourselves, folks. Another health 
article. So yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, I have a couple Good more. Good news, then. Come on, America. I have a couple more articles. Good I don't want to get to them, though, because, uh, you know, we only have two more minutes left here. And I, you want to you you just kind of just go I want to wrap there. it up, and I want to. I have people to thank. You know, I want to people. Uh, okay, go ahead, everybody. That's a good the, point. Uh, That's the a We point. the People Radio Network. I want to thank uh, Danny uh, Romero, and I want to thank Daniel and Adam as well um, for yes. operating the boards. And I also want to thank some of the peeps at GCN, Jason Wordsley, who's been great, um, Jared Stolen, who, who we've been working for, uh, Jack Blood, Jack Blood Alex Jones, Alex Jones, Jason Burmis, um, Jason Burmis, and everybody over there. Um, so I just wanted to, to thank those people very much for um, you know helping us get onto the new network and also the people at WTPRN for letting us have the show here. Uh-huh. And giving us the chance to to Absolutely. you know bring the show even higher. So you know without this thank without this network we wouldn't be here. So yep. um, thank yeah, you. It is, and I you know I don't want to get ulterior, but no, it's been great. And <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> um, a minute and eighteen seconds left in our WTPR career. But you know again, folks, it's just we just want to bring the show to any possible higher level. And to, right now that solution is GCN. So once again, we are moving to the Genesis Communications Radio Network starting November third, which is a Monday. We will be broadcasting from six to eight Eastern time. Yes. Uh, so one hour earlier than usual, which is great, right after Jack Blood. And, you know, we're so excited, folks. Five days a week, it's going to be a hell of a, uh, a challenge for us, but we're up to it. And like like we always say, but by then, the website's going to be better. The interaction, the interactive uh, ability of people kind of hanging out with us and talking to us during the show is going to be better. Better systems, better equipment. Everything's going to be better. Uh, long story short, but... 100% satisfaction guarantee. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to improve Pyeth and upgrade him as well. So, uh, you know, once again, folks, thank you so much for all the support. We're 30 seconds away from the end and we really do appreciate it um the time comes to leave (laughs) yeah we're we're gonna miss all of you and uh but we will see you november 3rd and once again folks if you want to get on the email list email us at info at animalfarmshow.com tell your friends tell your family tell your mother tell your sisters uh even if they're illegal tell them to get involved we want to send out emails and tell us what's going on so that anything else nope that's it thank you very much everybody have a great night folks we'll see you in november take care animal farm show out People should not be afraid of their governments.